Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Every day we bring you the best of our show. On today's episode, myself and Simon hear from Brazil legend Kaká, who's labelled England as one of the favourites for this World Cup. Simon has his say on Germany's protests before their short defeat to Japan yesterday, and he also tells us why Manchester United are a more attractive investment than Liverpool. Plus, we look ahead to England versus USA by getting the American perspective from former USA winger Demarcus Beasley, who joined us. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Good morning, everybody. Back home, 10 o'clock, back home, 1 o'clock here in Doha, Qatar. And you won't be surprised to hear the sun is splitting the trees. It's about 28 degrees out there. Mr. Simon Jordan looking very smart today with his... Uh, you very, said I look like a Belisha nice. beacon, is what you said earlier on. Well, you, you, you were looking a little bit red on the chops uh, facially this morning when I saw you. I was somewhat taken aback when I saw you. But now that I look at you, you are looking more and more well, like a movie star. I was um, red around the chops because... I I just received a phone call from Robbie Keane, who had borrowed my paddle tennis bat, one of my precious, b- and broken it. He's broken it? He's broken it, <laughs> which I specifically and explicitly told him not to do. He ran into a, a, one of the other guys he was playing with, um, uh, the ex-PSG player, Maxi, I don't know his surname, and they were both basically saying, he phoned me up and said, listen, I've really hurt myself. I said, no, no, never mind what you believe and done to yourself. Like, How's my bat? No, well, that's what I'm phoning you for. The bat's broken. Oh, no. So that's why I might have been red in the face. I see. So yeah. you're fuming at Robbie. And you played again this morning. Uh, did, yep. you, did you win? Yeah, played with uh, young Joe Cole. That was right. full of beans. Good. Uh, felt the need to, every time a ball come across the net, go, it's Joe's. It's Simon's. It's Joe's. I'm like, Joe, y- you're not going to get a booking if you don't call out the name. It's just a, <laughs> it's a game of paddle. We don't have to call our names out to play. I love it. Listen, I enjoyed our little excursion into the mall last night. What a place that yeah. is. All the designer stores. Wallace and Gromit went shopping. Yeah. Yes. You were none too impressed by the t-shirt I bought myself, yep. but that's another matter. Absolutely not. Uh, Honestly, this morning, I was a bit starstruck when Kaká stopped by to speak to us. You're going to hear from Kaká shortly on uh, Brazil, Serbia, and a bunch of other things. But, Simon, the World Cup shocks continue. Did you think for one moment, even off the back of Saudi Arabia surprising Argentina, that Japan could do it against Germany? And they did. 
Well, you will always look back on the German teams of years gone past and think of them in your mind's eye as a, formid as a formidable side. They haven't been for some time. Mm. They weren't in the Euros. They weren't in the previous uh, World Cup. They haven't been a formidable type side for some time. Look at the last meaningful result. Their last meaningful result probably is Portugal 4-2 in the Euros 15, 16 months ago. Okay, they've beaten Romania and they've played Italy in the European nations, but that was a hodgepodge of no one really being that invested in that tournament. So I think you have to look at the Germans as they are as a side. We look yeah. at the names and we look at the, 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 their propensity now for the new coach to go back to Bayern Munich and take all the players from there where previously yeah. Joachim, Joachim Lowe was beginning to change his direction there. And the Japanese, they're not mugs. No. They've lost twice in 13 games. They've got some players that are, are doing some stuff in European football and they thoroughly deserved it. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what, Simon, it's not lost in the Germans now that they have it all to do. Next up for Germany, Simon, Spain. Yep. You and I sat last night in our hotel and we, and we watched them demolish Costa Rica by seven goals to nil. So they've got it all to do. They I do. suppose this is probably what they want, a major test next. Well, I don't suppose they wanted to lose to Japan and I don't suppose they want to put themselves in the eye of a storm, which ultimately means they could be exiting this tournament. I still suspect that they will be there and thereabouts. But the Spanish are a young side. They, with all due respect to any side that plays in the last 32 in a World Cup, there is a difference between the, the standard of football in Spain and the standard of football and the Spanish players around the world and what the Costa Ricans are doing. And at the end of the game, the game just got away. The Costa Ricans' head had gone down and it could have been 10. Um, and, uh, and that's a, an unfortunate reflection back on the style and the standard of Costa Rican football. I'm not sure it tells us that much about the Spanish because they had an inordinate amount of time on the ball yeah. and an ability to be able to do things. And I think the Germans will inevitably, even if I'm degrading them by the nature of their performances over the last 18 months, are inevitably going to have to make this a game. Uh, this morning, the mighty Brazilian Kaká strode by us. We got in front of him and we had a quick chat with him uh, in the reception of our beautiful hotel. And Kaká opened up about uh, Brazil in this tournament to me this morning. I said to him straight off, how are you feeling about the opening game against Serbia? I'm feeling very excited to this first match of Brazil. And I think the, the, the players as well. So they are, they are ready. I think this group of Brazil, they are very good, very good players. And we are looking for, for starting playing. Is Neymar ready? Neymar is ready. I think all the players is ready and Neymar, he knows his responsibility in this World Cup and I think he's mature, he's ready, he's in a good shape. So we are going to see a very good Neymar performance in this World Cup. Can you believe what we've seen, the shocks we've seen so far? Argentina beaten, Germany beaten. Yeah, it's, it's funny to see that and also it's an alert for us, for us Brazilians, for those who, who, who haven't, hasn't played yet. It's important to understand what's happening in this World Cup. You, you need to be ready in 90 minutes, 97, because now the, the extra time is a little bit larger, so they need to be, to be ready. Can you believe this about the extra time? Some games go into 100 minutes, 115 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's funny, but I think it's, uh, it's a way to show that uh, some players or managers that don't waste time, don't waste time anymore because we are going to give the, the, the extra time. I think it's fair. Do you like the look of England? Yeah, the game that I watched was really, really amazing. The first game was really good. So... For now, I think it's one of the favorites. The, the games that I watched, I think England and France 
they are the best so far. On TalkSport in London, we have many Brazilian listeners. What do you want to say to them? No, I just want to say uh, good luck for everyone and enjoy the World Cup. Uh, we have this great event every four years and now it's time to, to enjoy. And, and I hope all the Brazilians in London can enjoy uh, the both great teams, England and Brazil. The mighty Kaká speaking to us on TalkSport this morning. Um, Simon, I think he's right. England are one of the favourites. Should they fear anyone? Um, I never believe in the concept of fear. I think you should be aware of someone and be prepared to do whatever you need to do to perhaps combat what they're able to bring. But I think you should always be focused on what your game is about and be advancing your uh, best strengths. Look, at this moment in time, we're seeing the very early stages of the World Cup and some of these sides that I, I expect to see Argentina react to that performance and I expect the next team they play to be on the receiving end of something. But the bottom line is, Danny Murphy made the point yesterday and we're hyping up Argentina. When we look through their playing squad and we move past Messi and, and a few other players that are there, you start to look at it and say, hmm, well... The media narrative is Argentina, Messi, and the fact that they're in the, they're, they should be one of these teams that are going to the World Cup. But I look at Brazil, and I think if you look at the, the depth and strength of, the, uh, strength of their squad, they are rightfully the favourites for this tournament. And yeah. I think England will be in amongst the mix. But we, we, we're we going to learn nothing from this first set of games. No. You no. Know, obviously, once we start getting out of the groups and the, and the major sides will arrive out of the groups, I suspect, yeah. then I feel that a tournament begins in earnest. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Simon, I, I can't quite believe what we saw yesterday. The Germans, uh, of course, up against Japan and they lost just as Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia. Now, that's one thing. Yep. But what, what was the biggest shock yesterday? Was it what the Germans did on the pitch or what they did off it? Now, what did they do off it? Of course, uh, we saw the German players placing their hands over their mouths during a team photo ahead of the match against uh, Japan. Why did they do that? Well, they said, as an explanation on social media, the German Football Federation said, denying us the armband is the same as denying us a voice. We stand by our position. Of course, uh, FIFA has said, we, we don't want any of this. And yet the Germans went ahead and did it. Simon, you're a man of free speech. Um, mm. It seems here that the Germans felt they'd been denied exactly that. Well, free speech doesn't mean freedom of consequence for what you choose to say. And the consequence that these players have, if they feel so, you know, suitably indexed to making these observations, is that, the, that FIFA will sanction the, the captain on the pitch. So wear the armbands if you want to and take the sanctions. Because you're committed to the calls, you believe in the principle of the message that you feel the necessity to impart. Okay, impart the message then and take the consequences. Yeah, but FIFA stands, Simon, puts those same players in a difficult position. Well, you, you, you either want to wear the damn armband or you don't. What do you think of them putting their hands over their mouths? I think I think it's a puerile observation. No one's silencing them. They're suggesting like well, they in every... Are. They no, are they're silencing. Not. No, they're not. They're suggesting like in every other walk of life, if you want to make an observation, I, I, I'm not... I, Deplatforming somebody and saying that you don't have the right to have that, 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 that opinion is not the same as accepting the fact that sometimes the opinions that you have will come with a consequence. That's called the courage of one's convictions. If you bloody players want to impart these messages then wear the bloody armband and take the consequences for it. You vowed, you said you were going to do this, so do it then. But here's the thing, Simon, how about wear the armband 
and no consequences. How about put their hands over their mouths and no consequences? How about, how about this being a football tournament? How about this being about the principle? Listen, when this football tournament was awarded... Why can't it be both? Because it doesn't need to be both. It's a football tournament. It it's can about, be. It, no, it can be if people that have agendas and people that are motivated to make changes from countries that are already in a situation that have gone through evolutionary curves. If we want to look back across these countries and look at what their histories have been, you know, it wasn't so long ago that, that Germany were marching through Europe and people look back on their evolution and say, this is a 50-year-old country, got its independence 50 years ago. And yes, we all accept that there are principles in this country that probably need to evolve. But the evolvement of every country comes at bite-sized chunks and at different paces. And this notion that we need footballers to come and play in a football tournament, when they don't have the backbone to enforce their message, they don't understand certain parts of their message, and they don't get the entire joined-up thinking. Now, where there is a holics in this and where the mess is, is that FIFA are all over the place. Because if you're going to allow a message to, to be imparted at the quarter-final stage about no discrimination, and are now going to bring it forward, and you've got a ridiculous individual that goes on television starts talking about, I am black, I am Arab, I am gay. What, Infantino? Infantino, you've got this mixed messaging. But I am, I am concerned about the agendas of others that are being played out by football players that are being merely used as puppets to advance other, other motivations. Yes, this country, by other people's standards, should evolve. Yes, this country, being in a situation where a World Cup was a slight bait and switch and perhaps corruption was involved in the awarding of this tournament. Yes, I'm uncomfortable with soft influence from Middle Eastern countries coming into football. Yes, I don't like the bait and switch mentality of a summer tournament that's now been moved into December and they should have been made to build stadiums that had roofs on top of them so that the air conditioning could allow the players to play in an environment. I'm uncomfortable with all of that, but I'm also deeply uncomfortable with the necessity of going into other people's environments and telling them how they should behave. We so are, we're in a country whose culture, to some extent, we should acknowledge, and I don't necessarily say respect, but potentially observe. What do you think when the likes of Belgium's Jan Vertonghen, once of Tottenham, says this, footballers at the World Cup in Qatar are being controlled? And he's not meaning the Qataris here, because the dial has shifted, Simon, off Qatar to FIFA. Yep. He says, I'm afraid to say something. I wonder whether I'll be allowed to play on the field tomorrow. That is something I've never experienced in football, and I don't want to experience it again. It's not good. We are being controlled. He's right. Well, look, I am. Uh, you know, I can see both sides free of that. Free speech, I can see Simon. That. Yeah, but free speech, Jim, doesn't come without some consequences. No one's talking about that. The idea. But why that you, shouldn't it? Because that's how the real world works. You say something, there is a ramification for it. That sometimes there's a consequence for it. What we're arguing about freedom of speech in the greater picture is when you have a view in society right now, people are being deplatformed. No one's suggesting that these people are going to be taken off the pitch. They're suggesting to them that if you want to have this view and to impart the, these views on the pitch, then there's a consequence behind it. Now, I am also... I'm also deeply concerned about this conclave of FIFA that operates in a certain way. I've been concerned about it for some time, and I'm, I'm deeply troubled by Infantino because I think he's a buffoon. But notwithstanding that, the players themselves are not being denied an opportunity to speak. They're being denied an opportunity to speak, and they're, all, they're not being denied an opportunity. They're being denied an opportunity to speak that doesn't uh, exclude some consequence. FIFA have allowed this situation to drift, Well, I think, I think they have. I think that's fair. I think the, the scenario of not... If they're going to allow people 
If they're going to allow a message to, to be imparted at the quarterfinal stage of no discrimination, then I'm not entirely sure. Now, I could be a cynic and say, well, maybe they, they figured that by the time they get to the quarterfinal, most of the countries, of which there are eight in this country, they've got a set of rules that a lot of people would, and societal uh, uh, principles that a lot of people would find unacceptable in the West. We're going to see more of this. They might have also thought that these eight countries would be out of the World Cup and it wouldn't be such a challenging no, thing. That's true. But I do think there should have been a, it's been a vacuum of leadership. There should have been a very clear message. And I also wonder, Jim, these players are not playing for themselves. They're playing for their countries. And I wonder if you asked the people that are watching the football, that have tuned in to watch the football, if they would want their players to either play football or to impart societal messages on countries that are evolving. And let's not forget that all of these countries that we choose to trade with. You know, why aren't people up in arms about Saudi Arabia that are dropping bombs on Yemen and doing dis- dispute, uh, having a, a vantage point out? Why, no, didn't people, why didn't people be up in arms in I, 2008 with the Beijing I know, Olympics? I know where you're going with that, but at the moment, Simon, the picture I'm seeing evolving is that the, uh, FIFA are, are right in line and are facing a civil war. Their own participating nations are up against them. Look at what the Danes are doing. The the Danish Football Association saying it won't support the re-election of Infantino as FIFA president. There's only one candidate. And and that's fine. And we'll have to see if there's another candidate. And that's fine. There's still time, but Denmark won't support the current one. And that's fine. If Denmark are the casting vote, then it'll be, you know, curtains for Gianni Infantino. I'm not suggesting that Denmark will have the casting vote. It's civil war. Uh, Well, listen, I have a, a view on the fact that I would like to see FIFA brought into a position where that they are brought it, you know, and, and, and looked at in the proper rounds because I do think, like I've said, it's a conclave. I don't like the fact it's become the FIFA World Cup. I don't like the whole principles of this Swiss business that should be an NFP controlling football and trying to change the direction of it and, and using it for whatever they seek to use it for. So I, I, I'm kind of uh, div- divided because I do think the players should fall in line with playing in a tournament in a country that we understand the challenges of, but get on with playing football. But I I do also agree that there does need to be a dismantling and a reassembling and a quick look or a very strong look at the reasons why FIFA have the influence that they have. In a sentence, do you think this will be the end for Infantino? I hope so. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, to get the facts, we head all over the world at this time right here on Talk Sports. Uh, Coming with an offer of more than £5 billion, and it could be yours. Of course, I'm talking about Manchester United. Insiders suggest the Glazers are looking for a price comfortably in excess of £5 billion here in Doha in Qatar. This story is everywhere today. Journalists, uh, broadcasters from all over the world talking about Manchester United, of course. Talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, that's another matter, but principally talking about the Glazers and uh, how much longer they could well be there. And of course, uh, this one coming about so soon after talk of FSG moving out of Liverpool. So it's all going down at the moment in the world of finance and in the world particularly of football finance. Huge clubs possibly up for sale. So who's going to come in? United fans are Jim Ratcliffe said to be planning a bid for the club that he loves. I'm going to get Simon's take on just a second on this. But for more on this, we had to nip over to the USA. My old friend and colleague at Sky News, James Matthews, got himself in front of Avram Glazer. And then this happened. Mr. Glazer, why is now the right time to sell Manchester United? Hi. Well, as we announced yesterday, the board went through a process and it's decided it's going to look at different strategic alternatives and that's what we're doing. So, United fans say that you should have sold the club years ago. Well, once again, we've gone through a process. We're going to look at all different strategic alternatives, and we'll see where that leads us. So I appreciate you talking to me tonight, and I'm going to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Cristiano Ronaldo says that you don't care about the club, and thousands of United fans agree with him. Why why should they be wrong? Well, I'll tell you about Cristiano Ronaldo. He's a great Manchester United player. I appreciate everything he's done for the club, and I wish him the best luck in the future. Thanks very much. Why did he have to leave the club? Why did he have to leave the club? And that was that. The tenacious James Matthews of Sky News with Avram Glazer. So, Simon, with uh, both Manchester United and Liverpool now in play for potential buyers, which of the two clubs is a more attractive investment? Manchester United. Go on. Um, I think if you look at Man United as a business, you look at them as an entity and you look at them as a... Listen, you know, over the last nine years, we've seen a marked decline in Manchester United. And we've seen Liverpool stock increase uh, and they become more competitive in the Premier League and ultimately winning it. But when you are the poster boys of the Premier League for 75 to 80% of its natural life, and when you have this livery, this iconic positioning and this worldwide uh, vantage point from the fans' views, and I know Liverpool... Are, Liverpool have got that, haven't they? Not to the same extent as Manchester United. And if you look at the, the nature of Manchester United as a commercial business against the nature of Liverpool. There is a difference. There's a significant difference. Um, Manchester United are probably the only football club that could have done, uh, and people will say, well, I don't like this particular argument, but it happens to be a matter of fact, that the only club that could have been bought the way the Glazers did, which was loaded with debt, serviced the debt through the club's own cash flow, yet continue to generate inordinate amounts of money, inordinate amount of media interest. There's no club in the world that generates the same level of interest. And some would say in recent times it's because Man United has been in a car crash. Another would say because it's sheer and utter column inches that are generated by a club that is so iconic in its positioning, whether you go back to the Busby Babes or you go on to the George Best of the time or you move into the situation where Ferguson and the Premier League, which changed the whole game, the whole 
whole dem- the whole dynamics of world football or domestic world football, the Premier League was that game, and Man United was so deeply entrenched and pivotal in that that I think they are in a position where they're unassailable in the minds of those that want to buy brands. And Man United is a brand. Man United fans might not want to hear this, but we're now talking about football clubs being in play. The, the you know the genie's out of the bottle. How much would it cost to Jim Ratcliffe? I well, mean, they're, they're talking I, in excess well, of five. I, I doubt, I doubt that, that Jim Radcliffe would do it on his own. I, I think it would be a combination of Jim Radcliffe and a variety of other people coming in with private equity mentality. I, I doubt, despite what people may want to believe, that this will be an entirely philanthropic investment from Jim Radcliffe because there's significant monies being invested here into a football club. I, I said to you about six weeks ago that Manchester United would be somewhere in the, in the region. The rain group are in it. They can see it. But once the bankers can start seeing they can make money out of football and they can see that there's a sustainable interest in there, they'll start to rev it up. And that, was, that seal was broken with Chelsea. United will be in the six to seven billion bracket. Now, we talk about influencers, we talk about businesses that can be bought, that can be leveraged off it. Elon Musk, Musk has just bought Twitter for $44 billion, and that's not a business that has any particular commercial returns. It's a whole raft of other things that he'll get off the back of Twitter. Mm. And United are that. So I think of the two, and of course the timing of this, there's money in the market. United aren't going to let Liverpool take some of that money out of the market and subsequently diminish the opportunity for them to get top dollar. So there will be timing to this. So if, if Manchester United go for $5 billion plus, let's mm. say, for, for argument's they'll sake... They'll go for more than $5 billion. They'll go for, What do you think? I, th- I think they'll go north of six if they go. And it's not given, guaranteed. The Glazers... You know, the Glazers See, aren't the Glazers would never stop before like that, though. They stopped to talk to James on Sky News. Sure. The landscape has changed. You've had a, an interview that's been done by an iconic figure that has created some adverse publicity. Maybe it's the time. They're also in play. They, they want to raise some more cash. They're going to do one of two things. Unequivocally, you've just learned they're going to do one of two things. They're going to raise some cash, because he's told us. Glazer told us. Yeah. Or the board has made a decision to look at the best way to get, to get investment into this business. Now, their share price, let's be clear about this, their share price is at a 52-week high. It's jumped up by 25%. It's increased the value on paper of this business. Ronaldo's little interview and the subsequent um, uh, scenario around the Glazer's suggesting they might be prepared to take more investment and sell the business, has increased the market cap of that business by best part of 500 million. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. So much for England. We know Kane has been confirmed. We think that Madison will not be featuring because he hasn't trained today, as Faker others reported to us just a short time ago. What chance... The Americans, what chance do they give themselves? I'm delighted to say here in studio on the outskirts of Doha, we are joined by a man who was capped over 100 times for the U.S. national team. He is Demarcus Beasley. Mr. Beasley, you're welcome. How are you? I'm good. Good. Good to see you boys again. Good nice to see you. Happy Thanksgiving Day. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I just got, just, got, uh, just got back from eating a big turkey, by the way, so I'm full. Excellent. <laughs> are you homesick? No, not yet. I've only been here for a day. So I got in yesterday, so I'm good. I'm good right now. Uh, you, you were over at Simon. You lived in the USA. I did. Yep. It, uh, this man tells me he's lived everywhere. There's not a country or a city he hasn't lived in. None the of them market. wanted me to stay there, did they? But did you get, did you get to experience Thanksgiving? I, d- I always felt more comfortable with Thanksgiving because obviously the origin of that is a harvest festival from the 1600s yeah. that English pilgrims were at. I always felt a little bit like <laughs> out of place on Independence <laughs> Day. <laughs> Didn't feel comfortable there. <laughs> anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you know what Thanksgiving Day is all about. Um... 
What about the USA? We disappointed they didn't hold out the other night and beat the Welsh. 100%. Um, as you saw, they dominated Wales in the first half. Um, the way they moved and what, how they played, I, I think they really came out with a, um, a lot of energy, and it just wiltered in the second half. It was, mm. it was a game. It was a game of two two halves. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. What'd you put that down to? Um, you can put it down to a little bit of inexperience. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think the 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 mentality of the the team was, you know, we gotta jump out on Wales. We got to really show the world that we can play football. We're not just looking for 2026. We want to show the world that we can play yeah. football now. And I think that all that that um, that got a little bit to them, you know. Um, right. they, the passes weren't right in transition. They weren't good in the second half when they had some, some chances to. Because it looked like, well, you know, when, when the game was afoot and it came on top and the Welsh went through it, that, like you said, the Americans will see. Yeah. And I was surprised, given the first half performance, that they were that way in the second half. I mean, what does that tell you about the U.S. team? I know you're going to be careful in what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, it says that for one, we have a, a ways to go. But yeah. it's, it was it was a good start. I'm as a as a fan, just a fan. I was proud of the team. Did you, know? you yeah. did you expect? Yeah. I mean, everyone was forecasting a draw before this game. That was the that was the. the I, I thought they were going to win. I thought, they, the I thought they were going to win. win. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. I thought they were going to win. Even before the first half, I thought they were going to win. I thought. The first half went exactly how I thought the right. game would look like, and then the second half was completely different, as we saw. I mean, Demarcus, you you've been after this thing for a while. You played it uh, four <laughs> four World Cups. You played it four. I never, World never Cups. got close, Simon. Never got close. Ah, don't worry about that, mate. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, USA are here. How does this squad? How does this team compare to the ones that you played in? Uh, I think the well, well, one we could just say just the age. I mean, they're all under twenty three, except for. Tim Ream, you know, at Fulham. Uh, they're young, they're energetic, uh, they're, they're close-knit group. I think that's the same as the American kind of uh, atmosphere. We always have a, a, a good uh, camp, a good team, a good mm. um, cohesiveness throughout the group. Uh, but this, 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 this team, has, um, their, their, their youthfulness and their talent is, is, I think, a different level than we are. But at the same time, with saying that, they have to prove themselves. Mm. You know, in 2 obviously, we got to the quarterfinals. We got out of our group in, in two out of the four – uh, World Cups that I played in, so it's still a work in progress. So they still have things to prove, still have things to do, but it's looking good for for US at the moment. So how are they feeling? Do you think going into this? I know we're second guessing what the mood of the camp is at this moment, but they all look like a lively, confident bunch to yeah. me. Yeah, they're upbeat. Yeah, they didn't sure. lose the first game. That was important. Yeah, how are they feeling about England? I mean, I, 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 how are they feeling about England? I think they're confident because the fami fam familiarity with with. Uh, with what the players they're going to play against. But to say they're not disappointed and to say that they were a bit gutted that they got scored on in the past the 80th minute is, is the truth, is the, the honest truth. And as players, that feels like a loss when you when you you, you get up to a game and you're exactly. up 1-0 mm -hmm. and yeah. you lose. And yeah. It feels like a loss. It's not a draw. But, but it was did. coming, wasn't it? It was coming. But Demarcus, what I'm driving at is they don't feel going into this that they are the inferior opponent. No, they don't. They feel that they can beat anyone on any given day. See, and I love that. They, you love that, don't you? And if they do have a day, they can beat England. Yeah. I mean, Will they is a different is Yeah, a, is I mean, I, question. I, you know, I think if you look at the American side, I think if England turn up, they'll batter them. Yeah. But that's my point of view. I think if you look at the first half, they, they may well compete for England for periods of the game. But I think England are an infinitely superior side. And it's about how England play. And I know, I know that will be me, and people will say that's me being arrogant about the English team, and we've turned up many times before. And you flattered to the but, no, but I think what? I think it's fair to say that if you look at the English squad compared to the U.S. squad on paper, yes, they are more talented than we are. One hundred percent. Your one hundred percent essential download, outspoken with White and Jordan.
Thanks for listening to and downloading the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Remember to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back tomorrow with all the latest from Qatar, covering the biggest talking points and bringing you the best guests and interviews. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.